On this episode of the The Sam D Podcast, I get into Tiger Woods made a leverage play. Some would say a power play. There's a reason why he turned down a billy. He thought long term and not short term. We'll get into it. The Lakers had dreams of Kyrie Irving, but had to settle for the reality of Pat Bev. How does that look? Can it even work? Does it even make sense? We'll touch on it. A former QB who cashed out himself says that the NFLPA isn't doing enough for today's player and yesterday's player. And I believe him. And we got receipts. We'll get there. And there is a young man that may have surpassed the Scamadum Dea in Utah as the finesse of the year. Find out who that is and more on episode 237 of the The Sam D Podcast. Hello and welcome to the The Sam D Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Dismay Jr., Follow me on the Elon, oh, excuse me, no longer the Elon app, that is legal. Uh, no longer the Elon app, at the CMD, that's T-H-E-E-S-A-M-D. Podcast is also up there, at the CMD Podcast, all one word. For all content, audio, and visual, hit up thecmd.com. Subscribe and rate to the podcast, five stars, nothing less, tell a friend. Podcast is available at all major podcasts and platforms, including the Purple app and the Rogan app. If you're into IG, if you're on the Zuckerberg app, uh, holla at me at, on at the Cindy Podcast. They're doing exclusively reels there. If you're into that sort of thing, musical production done by Mayfirst Music. Support him at SoundCloud.com/slash Mayfirst Music. Man, I tell you, doing the pod, fresh off the wake up and fresh off 30 minutes in the sauna. Yeah, a lot of clarity right now. A lot of mental clarity, fresh off the wake up, fresh off the sauna. But let's get into the shits. So remember here a few episodes ago, I came on here and told y'all how Tiger Woods turned down a billy. That the Saudis and Live Golf were throwing all types of wild money around. And they were trying to get Tiger as they've been, you know, basically cooing the top 20 top 50 from the pj tour they've been throwing bags at them to for them to pull up for live golf and it has been successful so they went for the biggest fish of them all in tiger and threw a billy at him allegedly now there's been some different reports of what the number actually was some say 700 some say 800 some are still sticking to the billy a billy just sounds better but at minimum it was at least 700 million right tiger said no and he was towing the line and defending the shield, much like, you know, players do, you know, much like Hove does. I think we've passed kneeling. You know, I think it's time to go into uh, actionable items. But I know Hove did, right? Anyway, so he is towing the line. He is defending the PGA Tour. And now there's reports that Tiger after having a meeting with PJ Tour aficionados, now kind of, sort of has his own live golf. 
<laughs> How much is that? How much is that? If you turn down a billy or even 700 mil, what is the PJ Tour coughing up to Tiger? Tiger turned down a billy to defend you. Now you give him his own quasi league on the side now. What's the splits on that? That's what I want to see. What are the splits on this new live tiger situation? And that's going to be interesting. And there's been more reporting being done on this live golf thing. I'm not going to say the Saudis are funny with the money. That's the last thing I'll ever say. And if they need some NBA commentary, holla at your boy. I'm here for live NBA. Throw me some bags. I'm pulling up and taking this pod wherever it needs to be. Abu Dhabi, Qatar, wherever it needs to be, I'll be there to pod. But there's been some leaks of how the money is actually broken down with this live golf. Let's say Tiger would have gotten 700 million. Let's be conservative in terms of what the reporting has been. Tiger gets to 700. Now, with the way that this live golf structure is set up, if Tiger were to actually win tournaments in Live Golf, his winnings would come out the 700 mil? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So I win, but then I lose? I don't, I don't understand. So basically, that 700 M's is all the money the Saudis are going to give you. Like there's no, there's no additional money. Like it's that, that's it. Whatever you sign for, the bread is the bread. So clearly that's being noticed. So you see players who are out here getting 50 M's, 100 M's, and they're not trying to win these tournaments. It's essentially an appearance fee. You're getting 50 M's, 100 M's for an appearance fee. So imagine if you're Tiger Woods. You turn it down 700 to a billion dollars, 700 mil to a billion, essentially just to show up. You don't even have to win. You don't have to play well. You don't even have to make the cut. Why would Tiger turn that down? I need to know what his live golf competitor thing is. I need to know what the breakdown of that is. How does that money work? Obviously, I would assume Tiger's going to own it or own a significant portion of it. That's how desperate the PJ had to be to break that kind of bread. Now, you almost have to give Tiger props, right? You leveraged the Saudis because you knew the Saudis were going to pull up with the offer. He's the guy. If you're going to truly cripple the PJ Tour, you have to at least try to go get Tiger. If you could get Tiger, you can successfully pull Still to this day, even as he has clearly diminished in skill, the biggest asset in all of golf. He's him. So you knew the Saudis were going to eventually pull up with an offer, and they did. Now, Tiger smartly leveraged that and said, mm, I kind of like my peoples over here, but you know what? Let me go to my peoples over here and see what they could do. That, that's what you do in jobs. You're working at one job. Another job hollers at you. You go through the process, even though you know you're not going to take that job. You're just going to leverage that job in whatever bag they're offering you to go back to the old job. Like, hey, y'all going to pay this or I could leave. This is what they offer me, offer me over here. This is now my worth over here. 
can you match that worth or exceed that worth? Or do I need a bounce? So Tiger goes to the PJ Tour and says, look, I could go get a Billy over here. I don't got to do nothing. I don't even have to win. I literally just need to show my face and I could get a cool bill. What you going to do? Do you want to try to fight them? Because I'm still him. There's still dudes on golf courses all around this country, if not the world, that is still rocking my gear. Nike's still eating off me. So what you want to do? Do you want me to help back you against this hotshot competitor who's got long money? Or do you want me to go over there and effectively end your whole shit? So Tiger leveraged Tiger leveraged Live Golf to go get his own shit with the PJ Tour. Now, again, Tiger has come under a lot of scrutiny for acceptable reasons. He has also come under scrutiny for a lot of reasons that don't have nothing to do with his playing ability. But this move right here, I think, is being slept on once we find out the splits. Because if he's getting jerked in this deal, then he's stupid for turning down 700 million, 800 million, or damn near billion from the Saudis. But if he is leveraging this, for a bag, maybe not a billion, but let's say 500 mil in ownership of whatever this league that he's creating is going to be, now that's something we need to talk about. And that's something we need to show props for because Tiger's not really known for that. But that's a very savvy business move. And it's a very generic move, but it's still savvy. When you're talking down, I'm saying no to a billion. Imagine having to go to sleep after saying no to a billion. Imagine the confidence you have to have in your worth to say no to a billion. And even if you want to be conservative, to say no to 700 million. Just to know, no, I could flip that and get 500 M's and ownership in perpetuity of a long-term deal with the PGA where I have my own tour, essentially. Tiger is essentially going to have his own tour. Now, he's teaming up with Rory McIlroy in this. So again, I need to see the splits on that. Tiger's a bigger name than Rory, but Rory is the next biggest name that hasn't flipped to live golf. So now what's the splits? If the PJ Tour owns 25, you got 75% left to split. Who's getting the biggest splits? Is it 40-35 Tiger? 50-25 Tiger? I don't know, but assuming Tiger's getting the better end of the splits and at least Half a Billy? That's a major move for your man Eldrick. How crazy is it that Chet goes out there in Seattle, representing the OKC Thunder, which used to be the Seattle Supersonics, and goes out there and catches an L, fucks up his leg, and is done for the year? How ironic is that? But does this mean Victor to the Thunder? Can Presti... Do it again? How many wings can you have? Let's play this out. Because in theory, allegedly, Chet can come back this year. But you see the Thunder are like, no, 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 we're just going to go ahead and shut him down. Is there a reason why they're trying to just go ahead and shut this boy down? I'm just saying. Because imagine, let's, let's play this out. Let's play the hypothetical scenario that Presti is probably dreaming of but doesn't want to say out loud. You go get Victor next year. Victor, Chet, Poco, Giddy, SGA. 
Bruh. That's an insane lineup. Chet, Poco, Giddy, SGA, Victor. You know, Lou Dort's fine, whatever, whatever. I'm, I'm saying, like, you talking about pulling up. You talk about pulling up. SGA, Chet, Poco, Victor, Giddy? I mean, now you're talking about that Russy beard KD shit from years ago. That's what they're trying to rebuild in OKC, but Chet falls down and goes boom out there in the program hooping with Jamal Crawford, Braun and them, Jason Tatum, all them guys. And, you know, that, that's an unfortunate situation. But goddamn, is this a silver lining? Is this David Robinson falling down and going boom and then the Spurs saying to hell with it, blow it up? Let's try and go all in for Duncan and then they magically got Duncan? Is this that? Pat Bev is taking his Tims to the beaches of Los Angeles again. He is again in L.A. as he is now a Laker, and he's going to team up with Russi? Is that really a thing? Is that really what Darvin Ham is going to try to run out here for the Lake Show? There's been talk of this defensive backcourt. When's the last time Russi played engaged defense? And we know what Pat Bev is. I mean, the truest thing Russie has ever said was what he said about Pat Bev is that he running around thinking he does something to fool us. Like, he does do that. Pat Bev does do that. He is the the all, he looks, he's the look the part all-star. He's a look the part Hall of Famer to keep it a buck. Pat Bev is a look the part Hall of Famer. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of facial expressions. It's a lot of, you know, energy. But then at the end of the game, you're like, mm, but what did he really do to the outcome? He's annoying. I'll give him that. He's annoying. He can certainly whip most of our asses that's listening, myself included. But when it comes to the top of the top, who is Patrick Beverly? Who is Pat Bev? Is Pat Bev a difference maker? They had visions of Kung Fu Kyrie. Now they have the reality of Pat Bev. That's a very harsh reality in my in my estimation. Like that's that's a that's a nightmare, bro. That's a nightmare, bro. That's that. Who was that? Was that KD or D Wade that had that commercial where they woke up in like sweats and shit for Gatorade? I forget who it was. It was either D Wade or KD. I think it was D Wade. Like that's that. You wake up thinking, oh shit, man, Kyrie is coming to LA. Just a matter of time. The Nets are gonna break it all down. And then two weeks later, or basically the month of August, from the beginning of this month, when there was a lot of fake trades, fake rumors, just to get us through this month of August. At the beginning of this month, it was, you know, Kyrie is going to magically end up in L.A. Russie was going to go somewhere and then get bought out and then probably end up somewhere else. And now at the end of the day, Kyrie is staying in Brooklyn for now. Russie is in L.A. for now. And now Pat Bev is running with Russie. You can't make this shit up, man. Never believe anything in August. Never believe anything in the month of August. So I guess that brings us to KD and Kyrie both staying in Brooklyn, along with Steve Nash. And I think that's the problem. I don't think I don't know who wants that. Only Joe Sy and Sean Marks want Steve Nash to be the coach in Brooklyn. Everyone has seen how overmatched he was. 
how outclassed he's been, even by the likes of Coach Bud. Like, even Coach Bud, Mike Budenholzer, has been able to outcoach Steve Nash. So it's, it's not surprising that KD and Kyrie are staying because once the Skemadam Dea was able to get what he got from the T-Wolves for Rudy Gobert, what do you give up for Kevin Durant? What do you give up for KD that could possibly exceed what the T-Wolves gave up for the Stifle Tower? What else could there be? What more could you give up? Five picks and some players? How much more would someone have to give up? Or what type of quality player would you have to give up to get a Kevin Durant? And it was clear that other teams were not willing to part with too much. Shams was out here saying that the Heat weren't even really trying to go that hard, pause. They weren't trying to give up Bam. They weren't trying to give up Bam and Tyler Hero. The Celtics allegedly only had that Jalen Brown deal that was floating around out there. Of course, the Nets asked for Tatum and Brown, but the Celtics never seriously engaged in that, so they countered with the Jalen Brown, what is it, Derek White, and some picks, and then... For some odd reason, allegedly, KD really wants to hoop with Marcus Smart. So Marcus Smart couldn't be in the deal because KD wanted to hoop with him. All this stuff, again, it's August. It's August. Fake trade season, fake rumor season, anything to get click season. That is the month of August. So take whatever you heard with a grain of salt. Always consider your sources and consider, does this make sense for both sides? So what does this mean for Brooklyn? Well... In Vegas, the odds went up for them to win the championship. So clearly, Vegas thinks if these dudes could just get on the court, they're going to hoop. And that's always been the thing. If you put Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, Joe Harris, and all the other pieces that they've brought in on the floor, that team is easily winning 50 games. But the thing is, is that one... Will Kyrie be able to play enough games? Two, was what we saw of Kevin Durant against Boston only a blip? Or is that a sign of decline? And then three, is Ben playing or not? Is Ben playing or not? He's leaving group chats when they ask him to play. I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, this team is good. This team is good, good. Like, there's no reason this team can't win 50 games, and that's would be kind of an underachievement, if you ask me, if you're getting Kyrie for 75% of games. If you're getting this 30% of Kyrie, then, yeah, 50 might actually be a coach of the year type performance for Steve Nash, but if everyone is running, if everyone is hooping, Joe Harris is back, I'm assuming Seth Curry is still in the mix. Like, this team is good. Did They got shooters. With Ben, they're flirting with the idea of Ben playing the five. I like that a lot. And then you have Kyrie being Kyrie. And then you still have arguably the best player in the world in Kevin Durant. Yeah, that should win 50 games. So if that team can't win 50 games with Kyrie playing a significant amount and Ben Simmons playing a significant amount, then there's no choice but to look at the coach. So Joe Sy is trying to let his nuts hang. Joe Sy is trying to show that he's not going to be a pushover. He may have been pushed over once in acquiescing to Kevin Durant, 
but he wasn't about to be acquiescing twice to Kevin Durant. Okay, but what that does mean is now you're entrusting your front office and your coaching to do the job. And guess what, Josiah? If this team plays at 80% attendance and can't get the 50 wins, then the problem is coaching. Then the problem is the front office. And it's not Kevin Durant's demands. And it's not Kyrie Irving and his inability to show up or get the vaccine or whatever the case may be. Or Ben Simmons' magical back injury or just his indifference of wanting to play. It's the people you put in charge. You want to be the boss? Now you're going to have to really back that up if this doesn't work and the players did their job. If the players do their job and the end result is still the end result and they get bounced out of the first round, then there's no choice but to wash Steve Nash up out of here. There's no choice but to wash Sean Marks, his Woj connections be damned, the fuck up out of there. Because now you're trying to act like you run shit. When you run shit, you got to really run shit. And that means making tough decisions and being accountable. You dropped your nuts this summer. Keep that same energy if this team underachieves and Steve Nash is there with that smile and Sean Marks is there with that Popovich in his contacts. Keep that same energy. When's the last time any of you thought of former Falcons great Matt Schaub? And <laughs> when's the last time any of you even heard of that name, Matt Schaub? Well, Matt Schaub didn't really jump out the window, but he made his voice heard, and I heard him loud and clear. And NFL players, former and present, are throwing all types of shots at the NFLPA. So let me read to you this tweet of what former Falcons great Matt Schaub had to say on the former Elon app. Since the 2011 CBA was signed, the value of the average NFL team has gone from 1 billion to 4.46 billion. Owners' wealth has more than quadrupled. Meanwhile, players' salaries haven't even doubled and we don't have lifetime health care. Hashtag empower players. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He is not wrong. And I mean, look, man, you know, it's it's uh, when you have certain people that's backing the shield. I think we've passed kneeling. You know, I think it's time to go into uh, actionable items. Like Hove did. Um, this is what you get. This is what you get. One B to four and a half Bs and players salaries haven't even doubled. They don't have lifetime health care and they still can't get guaranteed money unless you're Deshaun Watson and you got 30 some cases of alleged sexual assault. It's the only way. It's the only way you can get them guaranteed M's. Go start humping masseuse tables. Amazing. I, I don't know what more to say. I mean, I have railed against the NFLPA here on this podcast ever since its inception and even before. Uh, when I was doing straight radio and then early podcasting. But at some point, as big as this game has become, and clearly it's still the biggest financial generator um, in terms of sport in this country. It's, it's the biggest thing, television ratings, all that stuff. It's, it's, it's the perfect television sport. That's why as much as I love basketball and I feel basketball 
can bring more intangibles from an athletic perspective. Football is such a tailor-made, it's a show. It's literally a show. It is a sport that has been broken down and constructed for television purposes. And the other sports haven't catered their game to that as much. And the NFL has been superior in catering their product to the television audience. Hence why you see the numbers that it generates when it comes to media packages and revenue. When you see this, however, 1 billion to 4.46. And players can't get guaranteed money. Players get tons of funny money, incentive laden based contracts like the one Calamari foolishly signed. Then you have Lamar Jackson, who allegedly via the former Elon app is out here refuting reports that the Ravens have offered him 250 M's guaranteed. A number that I still think is low because y'all know how I feel. 300 Lamar, 300 big trust, 300. Don't let them talk you into taking just a little bit more than Deshaun Watson. You tell them boys 300 and low key will settle for 275. That's how you get it done. That's how you get it done. Agent or no agent. It's a very simple thing. Copy and paste what Deshaun Watson got and take that 230 and put a three and a zero over the two and three. And then I'll sign. Oh, yeah. And take out any incentives or stuff in regards to sexual assault because I don't got those issues. But just copy and paste that contract. I don't need no agent for that. Take that exact same contract. All the verbiage is more or less the same. That same verbiage, the same incentives. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we get to the Super Bowl. I get whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But the guarantees, though. It's them guarantees, though. So how do you regulate this? Deshaun Watson effectively broke the mold. He broke the mold. How can you now fathom to give quarterbacks that are at worst on his level, if not higher, how can you now justify not giving them the same amount, amount of money? Deshaun Watson had no leverage. Absolutely no leverage. With the pending cases surrounding him, the pending suspension around him, he was still able to find an owner and a staff that was willing to give him $230 million guaranteed. How can I, as Lamar Jackson, as a former NFL MVP, as clearly the face of the franchise, if not the league, not get more than that. It doesn't make sense to me how there's so much pushback of what Lamar shouldn't get when he's clearly exceeded everything that Deshaun Watson has already. More playoff success, more individual success, more team success. But somehow there are people trying to justify that he should still get less than Deshaun Watson. It doesn't make sense to me at all. In any other walk of life, once someone breaks the market, okay, now we got to move off of that contract now. We operate off of that contract now. We don't now just, oh, I'm going to keep you under him. Like, no, 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 no. In baseball, they try to get away with that. But again, no salary cap. Also, guaranteed money. <laughs> Stop sending your kids to play football, man. Just playing those sports, get that guaranteed bread. Only in the NFL 
Are they trying to say, hey, this contract now is the highest contract and it set the bar, but we're not going to give you more than that guy. We still want to slot you by the old system where they fix in a lot of funny money to inflate the overall number of the contract with impossible incentives that you're going to hardly ever accomplish and meet. Only in NFL. In the NBA, Braun gets this kind of money. All right, the next guy up gets more than Braun. Even though technically Braun could still be better than that player, the, 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 the money is the money. You get 50 mil, all right, I'm going to get 50.1. All right, the next guy after him, I want 50.2. That's the natural progression of how these salaries work. Only in NFL, Deshaun Watson gets 230. All right, Lamar, you next up. All right, I want 231. Hell no. What about... 190 and a whole bunch of incentives to make it look like 250. No, 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 no. He got 230. I want 250. Guaranteed like him. Because I'm better than him. Only in the NFL can you get away with this bullshit. There is a hero amongst us. Now, to some, he will be seen as a. But to me, this young man is a hero. And I want you to duck, duck, go this man, this young man, Miles Brennan. He is now the former LSU QB. And why is an LSU, a now former LSU QB, Miles Brennan, a hero to me? Because of the finesse that he pulled off with the NIL. This young man walked away from football, but still cashed out on the NIL. Salute this man. Applaud this man. Miles Brennan signed NI Miles Brennan signed NIL deals with Raising Canes, Smoothie King, Game Coin, Small Sliders, and Hollingstead Richards Ford. He didn't play a single game since signing, but because NIL deals can't be based on performance, he keeps all the money. Get paid, young man, get paid. Get paid, young man, get paid. Miles Brennan is a hero walking amongst us. You know what it is. Appreciate y'all for listening. Hey, sorry, man. I had a uh, couple week break. Was traveling on the road for work, and uh, that took a lot out of me. Um, had to recover. Had to get back into the flow of things here at the crib. Uh, we should be back at it. There may be a couple of times where I have to go back on the road again, but I will um, pack the equipment with me next time. But yeah. Weekly from here on out, especially now that we're on the cusp of NFL. We don't duck NFL here. We talk any and all sports. Also, Serena, U.S. Open. I had my boy Agazi Georges on, tennis analyst. Serena made it past the first round. This could become a thing. So whatever she does, we're going to bring the homie Agazi Georges back on here to recap Serena's seemingly last run at the U.S. Open as she bids adieu to her historic GOAT-level career. Anywho, we're going to be doing some different type of content, bringing in some people, mixing the matches, some guests that I've had on during the NBA Finals. We're going to be talking some college football as well in the very near future. 
So just be on the lookout, stay locked in. Trust me and believe the content is coming. Um, we're just working through the logistics of it, but please and believe I got more content for your head tops very soon. So for the Sam D Podcast, I'm the Sam D. I'm out.